Welcome to Sound of Truth Weekly Interview, where we have conversations with ordinary people to learn how our extraordinary God is at work in people's lives and in the world today. I'm your host, Brett Morani, and I'm excited you've joined us. All right, I'm in the studio with Jamie Vanden Heuvel for the second time. Actually, first time in the studio, second time to have Jamie on Sound of Truth Weekly Interview. Rick and I interviewed Jamie uh, about 13 months ago. He was one of our early guests after we started the podcast. Jamie is not only uh, my financial advisor, he's also a friend of mine. Most importantly, he's a follower of Jesus Christ. Jamie, great to have you back on Sound of Truth. Thank you very much. It's great to be back in actually in studio where all the magic happens. So this, this is where is, the magic happens. This is great. Yes. Yeah. Jamie, I, if you don't mind, I'd like to have you summarize what you taught previously on the subject of debt, because that's really the starting point when you're dealing with how to get in a financially healthy position. Most Americans find themselves in debt and they need to take that first step to deal with that debt. It is. And uh, last time we talked about what most of our listeners, if they know who Dave Ramsey is, they'll know his baby steps. And, and um, the debt snowball is a big part of this uh, track that we need to establish um, before we can really know what we're doing and talk about investing and things like that. So we did. We talked about debt and some things that are pitfalls um, and that we need to get in the discipline of eliminating debt before we can really get started. And that's what we'll kind of talk about more on this um, discussion. All right. So when it comes to a person getting out of debt, what's the top two tips you would give them? So I would say the first thing is you have to know where your money's going. Mm -hmm. So the, the word, the B word budget. So it's important to know where money is going. I'd use the analogy that if I'm trying to lose some weight, I have to know what I'm eating. Mm. And the mm -hmm. same analogy is true with your money. It's a good analogy. So, um, and then, and then you also have to just recognize if you're buying things you cannot afford and vehicles come into play when we start looking at that. If you listen to the Dave Ramsey show, he constantly asks, well, what are you driving? Mm -hmm. And, um, oftentimes we can't afford what we're buying. So we need to address that. So rein in your spending would be a way to put spending. it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Good. So a person has figured out where their money's going. They have reined in their spending, which is putting them in position now maybe to chip away at their debt, their debt and, and uh, pay off their debts, et cetera. What next? I, I want to just get that summary of what you talked about previously. Like I said, I want to encourage you to go back and hear the whole thing that, on debt, but, but that's kind of dealing with that first step. Now, what? Yeah. So, and this is kind of the fun part of what I do as a financial planner, a financial advisor. And, and that is, okay, so now we have some, some money we have, we've saved some money and, and our debt is in a good place and we're putting money away perhaps in our retirement plans, but we're now beginning to save and invest. So the question is, how do I do that? Mm -hmm. And so after we're out of debt and after we have the adequate amount of emergency fund saved away, then... So that's kind of maybe step two, number one, deal with debt. Number two, establish an emergency fund. It, it is when we're talking about Dave Ramsey's baby steps. Right. It really is baby step two is debt and step three is a fully funded emergency fund. Gotcha. 
So, um, and then after that is taken is that care six of six to 12 months, it's, it's a three to six months, three to six months. Yeah, okay. Of what your monthly spending patterns are. So after you've established that emergency fund, then the question really is, okay, I can put money away. So where do I put it and what do I do with it? That's, that's kind of the next natural question. And this is actually the, the fun spot for me as a financial advisor, because I can be kind of artistic with this now. So um, a lot of times we'll just kind of uh, quickly step through these kind of the things that go through my mind when I talk with folks. And, and that is we, we always try to look to see, do you have a plan at work that you can put money into and they'll match? Because why not take advantage of free money? So that's always a, a really good thing to explore. And let's make sure we're taking advantage of that. And then we do have to talk about, all right, what type of plan do you have and how is that invested? And we'll, we'll come back to that. But after taking advantage of that match, then we also have to discuss, does the plan allow a Roth element or, a, or is it just a traditional plan? And um, that has to do with whether you're paying taxes now or you're or you're getting a tax break now and and dealing with taxes later. So, okay. So now I understand these terms because we've dealt with this for several years now, making decisions in regard to Roth versus traditional. But some of our listeners maybe are, are new to all this and they hear the word Roth, and that might be first time they've heard it, or maybe second or third time they never knew what it was. Sure. Can you define it a little further? Yes. So a, a Roth IRA is where you put money into an account. A Roth IRA account. And IRA stands for Individual Retirement Account, correct? It does, yes. Mm-hmm. And so you're, you're going to put money into to your account and invest it. And that account, you do not get a, a tax break when you put that money into the account on the front end. You put $100 in, um, it gets invested, and there are a few rules that apply. But the idea is then that $100 will grow and be an be invested in grow over time. Let's just fast forward 20 years. That hundred dollars becomes five thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and at that point, because you paid the taxes, you didn't take a deduction in the first year. It's tax free coming out to mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Again, there's a couple caveats you have to look at. You have to be 59 and a half to withdraw, and there's some other rules you have to we have to be careful with. But you're not getting a tax break on the front end, therefore you're enjoying a tax benefit when you withdraw it. Right. And I I'd like, rather be taxed on the amount I'm putting in at the start yes. than what it produces 20 years later. Yes. So if I'm a young person graduating from college, the Roth, it just seems like a fine, phenomenal concept. It does. Go ahead and pay the price now. may hurt you a little bit, but you're going to be so grateful. Absolutely true. When you're 60 years old. Yeah, I completely agree because um, you're just not even going to feel the tax when you put the money in the account and you'll be so grateful that you've, um, you took care of that and don't have to deal with it again later. You'll probably be a much higher tax bracket. Um, I suspect we'll be in a high, well, t- taxes will be higher later too, is kind of the general consensus. So just get it, get it over with. Roth is your best friend if, if you're young and listening. Okay. So I'm going to ask our listeners to forgive me for the simplicity of these questions, but I'm, I'm really wanting to make sure that if, if someone's listening to this and they're fresh out of college or completely new to this, that they're grasping these concepts. And so one of the questions I'm going to ask you is how do they put their money into a Roth? Do they get their paycheck, go to their bank and say, I want to put this in a Roth or how do they go about doing it? 
Yeah. So really what you probably need to do is talk with your mom or dad or uncle or somebody that mm-hmm. you, you know uh, has some, some chops with investing. Pick up the phone and call me, mm-hmm. um, a financial advisor, somebody that can help you with this. But yeah, you can set these up on your own. But to get started, you probably want to talk to someone just to make sure that you're not wasting time. Right. But also, typically people don't go to their bank and say, oh, I'm going to take this money and put it into this. Usually your established relationship with your employer Am I correct? That's that is correct. And this best case scenario is you're never touching this money. That is that's also correct. Yeah, you're really wanting to put this away and not even think about it until you're 60 years old or older. Um, it's a whole lot easier if you if you got a relationship with your employer to where they're putting it in for you. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Do it before you even have the opportunity to spend it. It's yeah. you don't even see it um, out of sight, out of mind, and you're just happy to be compounding interest along the way. Okay, so good. Yes. Well, thank you for answering those questions. Sure. Go ahead with. Sharing what you want to share next on yeah, these so steps. The investing part. So once you're putting money into these retirement accounts, we also, depending on where you are in your kind of path towards savings, it's not always a given that you're going to put money into a retirement account. You might be thinking, you know, I do have other, uh, I've worked at other jobs. I've got things that I've saved and I really don't know that I want to work until I'm 60 years old. Maybe I want to stop working when I'm 50. Mm-hmm. Well, then maybe you need to be st- starting a different type of an investment, a non-qualified, qualified being retirement, like an IRA or a traditional or Roth, a non-qualified, just an investment account where you can take it out without penalty. You have a much more flexibility. So s- some of this is which type of account do you want to have to invest in? So again, that's different for everyone. So some questions need to be kind of talked through to get to that. So let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Would it be wise then to counsel someone or say to someone, first establish your retirement account planning for the, long, for the distant future and then look at this other possibility of investment? And yes. I think that's the way you were phrasing it, but I want to really clarify that. In wisdom, this is not an either or. Well, do you want to re- save for retirement or do you want to save for being able to grab it anytime you want? No, you're, that's correct. You, you definitely want to take care of saving for your future first. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually with Dave Ramsey's Baby Steps, that goes right on up the, up the stair steps. So mm-hmm. the step we're talking about right now is baby step four, and that's saving for retirement. So what I kind of wanted to get into, though, with this investing topic mm-hmm. is that, okay, so now that we've, we're putting money into a fund, a retirement fund, how do you invest it? And that's a question that normally people will look for people like me to kind of talk about, well, how, what do I do with it? And there's a lot of different things from opening a bank account and parking it in your money market account, but we all know what kind of interest rate you're going to see if you do that. It's not going to grow very fast. Give us a number. A quarter of 1%. Yeah. And that's probably generous right now. So the cost of living will probably increase at a greater rate than your money will. Yes. So that's not a good long-term strategy. Although saving something is better than saving nothing. So I'll say that. But so now we're talking about the stock market. Mm-hmm. and stocks and bonds. And stocks are when we buy and own shares of companies. And mm-hmm. bonds are when we loan our money to a company in exchange for a rate of return. And at the end of a term of time, they return your money. Mm-hmm. And so the, the financial industry would say a, a risky investment would be 100% stocks. And a conservative or a more conservative investment would hold lots of bonds or maybe not 100% of bonds, but 
mostly bonds. So a blend of the two would kind of have to be tailored to what your time frame is, what your time horizon is before you're going to need that account to spend from. That's kind of where we get into, um, there's, there's big, big companies like Coca-Cola is a good example of a company that's everybody knows has been around for a long time. It's a tried and true company and you could invest in big companies. You could invest in small upstart companies that maybe you just heard of or mm-hmm. that have recently become relevant. Smaller companies usually are more dynamic. They have the ability to go much higher, but they can also go out of business. So the the smaller are, are more risky. And so we have to kind of be aware of that as we lay out a portfolio or build an investment portfolio for what your goals are. So at this point, I think it would be appropriate to mention the word diversification. Yes. So diversification is a tricky word that uh, basically just means you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. So rather than pick all the same types of companies, for example, let's say in the news recently, we're hearing technology. It's been really hot for a long time, for months, and now it's kind of come crashing down of late in the last few months. But we wouldn't want to build a portfolio of just technology sector investments, because while that might be good for a time, it would also, it can really have like time times like now we can we can take it on the chin or like a dot-com bust Th- that's right if we mm-hmm. think back you know a decade or 20 years 20 years ago yeah, yeah. i guess that's a little longer yeah. but um yes and so what we want to have is different sectors represented for example we would want maybe some technology and we would want some energy like oil mm-hmm. we might want some uh, consumer staples like grocery stores mm-hmm. um, some maybe discretionary things that when people go out and buy vehicles from from car lots that would be a kind of a discretionary type um, item Um, utilities so we can have we can build diversification and that way when one sector isn't doing very well it will be doing better in another sector so it gives you some stability diversification balance provides stability yes it does it does up to this point we have been focusing on just some basics some basic principles regarding uh, investing and our listeners know this is a, a Christian podcast. Yes. This is a Bible-based prod, uh, podcast. And really, up to this point, the wisdom that's been given is wisdom that's not in the Christian realm alone. True. So let's kind of shift over a little bit more to how our Christian worldview impacts our decisions in building a diversified portfolio as we consider the subject of investment. So this is, this is a, a, a great um, way to kind of just... Ask the question for everybody listening, do you have a responsibility with what you're buying in these accounts that you own? And I would hope that the answer is yes. Do you know what companies, what mutual funds, do you know where your money is invested? And a lot of people don't. And I also want to ask the question, did you know that you can know and you can actually be biblically responsible with your investment dollars? And I don't think a lot of people know that they can do that. I think of companies like Zondervan Publishing, and I use them as an example. I'm not talking about buying Bible makers. I'm talking about buying companies, owning stock in companies that do not do things that are against Christian values morally and ethically. So up to this point in this interview, pretty much everything you've shared is what we would put in the category of general wisdom and not necessarily specifically Christian wisdom. True. Yep. So I'd like for us to 
shift gears, but we've already spent enough time on this topic that I'm going to invite our listeners to come back next week, and we will continue this discussion with Jamie, and he will share with us how does our Christian worldview impact the decisions we make in terms of where we put this money that we're investing. It's been a great episode, Jamie. Thank you for coming on, and we'll continue this discussion for next week. Invite our listeners back here on Sound of Truth. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sound of Truth. If you enjoyed it, please rate and review it. Also, tell your friends about it. Thanks. Music is by Canon and is used by permission. Sound of Truth podcast is produced in collaboration with Harvest Jacksonville. It is copyrighted by Brett A. Mirani, 2022.